So, as uh, we leave behind uh, 2022 with its mix of sorrows and joys, um, you know, those goals that were missed, those goals that were met, friendships perhaps lost, friendships perhaps gained. We have a new chapter, don't we, to look forward to. Because in 2023, one thing we can be sure of is that God is going to go with us every step of the way and ensure that our future as individuals in Christ and as a church is filled with hope. Filled with hope. Now, every year, uh, people make New Year's resolutions, right? So, has anybody made a New Year's resolution today? Any, any, nobody? Okay, is it private or can we, can you reveal it? Uh, no? I'm just going to try and do my 10,000 steps. Ah, 10,000 steps. Yeah. Um, okay, on, uh, mine was Right, okay, so, yeah, wonderful. Nobody else then made a resolution. Oh, Hudson, you made a resolution. Come on, share it with us. Drink more water. Yeah, that's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, drink more water. Because what's the percentage of uh, water made up in the body, does anyone know? Do you know? 70% is it? Something like that, isn't it? Need to retain water. It's a good idea. One. Sorry? <laughs> Wonderful. You know, and just some of the popular uh, ones that are made, giving up bad habits, losing those extra pounds, getting into shape. I need some of that. Controlling finances better, travelling to new places, getting more organised. Improving relationships, making new career moves, right? And so a New Year's resolution is really a promise to yourself that you are going to implement in your life something that is new and positive, something that is either beneficial to you or to others. But you see, when New Year's resolutions are made, change has to happen. In other words, things that we want, we need to change our attitudes. And the problem with many New Year's resolutions are that they are, they derive from our human attitude, from our human hearts, our human desires. The things that we want and the things that are good for us. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that, but how we approach that desire is important to God. Because many of us will be thinking about how we're going to make this year better than the last, yet it's evident, isn't it, that many resolutions fall by the wayside by the time January comes at the end of January, or by the time, certainly, 
March arrives. People have given up on them. And that is because our human nature is at times vulnerable and weak. But you see, if we turn to God first, we are supported and strengthened by his spirit directing us and helping us in the new things. And while we have earthly desires, we are to seek those spiritual things that are from God. So when I thought and prayed about what to say in uh, this uh, New Year's message, I, through conversations with various uh, people, um, I sensed that God wanted us uh, to be reminded of the renewed hope that God has for Culver Church, the renewed hope. And this is the message from uh, God for us to continue to hold on to as we look into the new year, as we look into 2023. Because some vital changes, as most of you already know, have already taken place. Because whilst challenging, uh, changes are challenging for so many people, including myself, it is necessary for God to apply certain changes at certain times. Why? Because it allows the future of both spiritual depth and numerical growth take place within his church. It is necessary for seasonal change. And so this led me back to Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19, where God spoke, uh, which I spoke about actually on, 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 on that uh, uh, when was it? October? I can't remember now. It was October time. And I wanted to come back to this, this passage, and revisit the heart of what this passage is saying. Now, many scholars um, agree um, that the book of Isaiah was written um, roughly between 739 and 681 uh, BC. Uh, and much of it contains uh, substantial and precise prophecies of the coming of uh, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, which includes his ill treatment and his crucifixion. And there are 66 uh, chapters in this book, so I'm just going to give you a brief outline uh, and context leading up to what's going on in our scripture for today. So in the previous uh, chapters 1 to 39, the prophet Isaiah brings this message of judgment to the kingdom of Judah, where the leaders there, amongst other things, were continuing to rebel against God, using their power and injustice along with idolatry. And Isaiah warns them, that through the Assyrian and the Babylonian Empire, the kingdom of Israel would be destroyed under God's judgment because of their disobedient nature. Chapters 1 to 39. And at the end of chapter 9, it concludes with Isaiah prophesying the fall, uh, uh, to, uh, the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonian Empire. And these prophecies indeed uh, came to pass. And so from Chapters 40 to 55, the reference is to the destruction of Jerusalem and to God's people that were exiled to Babylon and were in captivity. 
And then Isaiah begins to point out to these people, here, now, the time for punishment is over. And what's notable is that Isaiah understands very well that God is full of grace and mercy and he explains to the captives that they can now all prepare for their return. Now, of course, uh, these people in captivity would have had much doubt, much uncertainty. Probably during their hard times would have probably lent on their own self-being, on their own inhibitions and brought their own things to try and deal with their doubts and uncertainty. But Isaiah assures them not to fear because God is going to bring restoration and forgiveness. And there is, of course, a lot more to unpack in Isaiah, but I want to keep focused on this one principle in our text for today. So let's just remind ourselves of what it says in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 uh, to 19. It's on the screen, but but do pick your Bibles up. It's really good to have... um, It's on page, where are we? 729, if you can grab your Bibles and follow me uh, with this, that would be great. So it says this. Verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. You know, when we look at past broken relationships and other areas of life where we felt dejected, We become tempted in our circumstances, don't we, to try and fix things ourselves and depend on ourselves, just like some of these captives in Israel, to keep remembering the bad stuff also. So what does God say about this? Verse 18, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Now, there are times, of course, when we need to look in the rearview mirror and see how great God has been. Because when we look back, we can see how wonderful he has been. And that's why we share testimonies, don't we? To encourage one another that God has never left us. And we share those testimonies, and more of those are going to be coming up in the new year. But I'm really encouraged that God would never leave us in situations. But I'm sure we've all experienced moments of doubt during troubled times. Moments where we say, God, why is this happening? Moments where we question if God is really there. Or has God just left us to our own devices in the wake of our trials and our tribulations. And because of this, many of us find it a huge struggle to move on and embrace the next thing. The new thing that God has in store 
for each of us. I wonder if you've had any past relationships in life that have been so bad that they eat away at you daily. They consume you so much that you end up constantly discouraged and despondent. And similarly with church life. There may have been people or decisions in the past that weren't so good, leading to disappointment and even spiritual poverty. You see, the past is a great place to learn from, but a terrible place to live in. The past is a great place to learn from, but a terrible place to live in. So how can we stop looking behind? How can we stop thinking about the painful and horrible situations that have gone by which continue to paralyse us? Well, verse 19 sends us this message of real hope. Isaiah says this, God says this through Isaiah, See, I am doing a new thing. You know, whatever circumstances that are holding us back, I believe that God is a God of new things. And when we are rooted in a deep relationship with God, when we place those past failures, that brokenness, and that pain before God, when we place all of that before God, these things will no longer eventually define us or rule over us. Because when we continuously look to God in faith, he can lead us away from those terrible things of the past and steer us to the new thing that is far superior and so wonderfully good for us. You see, God's presence amongst the people of Israel is demonstrated by the release of their shackles in exile. And this blessing, this blessing would represent renewed hope. So as we enter this new season for Culver Church, this new thing that has transpired. God poses this question. Now it springs up. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? In other words, God is saying to us, now is the time to stop looking behind And just like these captives in Babylon and their instructions from Isaiah to look forward to their release from exile, we know that Culver Church has been in that same place, that stagnant place, that place where there has been no shepherd, there has been no leader, and there has been a time for reflection and of prayer and of discernment. And that's been for a long while. But I believe now is the time for us to look ahead to the new thing that God is placing before us.
And I believe that God is reminding us that through this piece of scripture, not to fear, don't fear, and don't work against the new thing that God wants to do. Everything we do is properly prayed for and discerned. Nobody does things by jumping in with two feet. We pray and we properly discern the will of God for his church. Stay in step with his Holy Spirit because God is making a way in the wilderness. And the time of being that Culver Church has been in for so many years, God is making a way. He's making a way. We are his people of this generation and he enlightens us with this. I'm making that way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. You see, between the captivity in Babylon and the journey back to Israel lay hundreds of miles of wilderness. And back then, God's people didn't need to be afraid because God promised that he would pave the way for them. He promised that he would pave the way for them, provide them with the water that they needed and protect them from danger. This is what God wants for Culver Church. Provide and protect. And that's why he has called this situation into being. We haven't made this up. God loves us. He loves the church. And he wants us to embrace the new way forwards. And when God does a new thing, we know that change ensues. And I hate change. I hate it. But God, in our obedience, we have to stick with God. Despite the hatred of change, God wants to change us. He's going to do it if we're obedient. We need to stay obedient. He will provide the way. Because we worry, don't we, about the concerns and the details. What's going to happen? Just keep remembering, it's God's church. Let's trust him. Let's just trust him implicitly with everything. And we place everything before him. We have a choice. We have a choice, friends. We may not see things clearly just now. But God requires us to leave those details to him. Leave those details and those concerns to him. And he will speak through us. Just like he spoke through Isaiah. God doesn't stop speaking through his people. And as Isaiah wrote prophetically to Israel, they were caught up, weren't they, in these desperate circumstances of captivity in Israel. I encourage you to read it again. Look in your uh, uh, private personal study. Look into Isaiah. It's a wonderful, wonderful theological book. Uh, You can get lots out of it. Um, Maybe we do it as a church, as a theme. But yeah, these Israelites, they were, kept, they were desperate. 
but God wanted to turn their eyes towards the new work that he would do. That's what he's doing to us. He wants us to turn our eyes, our spiritual hearts, and our ears, and our minds to the new work that he's going to do. Because if we stuck to the past, we will never, ever be able to grasp the new thing that God has. Never. We need to look to the God of order and the God of new things. The new thing that was better for the Israelites is also the new thing that is better for us. We work it out together. And more importantly, we involve God. So let's leave the past where it is. Look to God instead of ourselves in obedience because this new year, this new season for Culver is not just for one person. It's for all his people. It's not just for one person but for all of God's people here. A season for building and equipping our church to accomplish the mission that God has in store for Culver. And if he's in it, I want to be part of it because it's going to be great. Let's continue with this renewed hope in 2023 to be a praying church, a church that seeks after God and his heart, like David seeks God first. Because if our church is going to succeed in any ministry, we are going to need to involve God and lean on his strength alone. Let's pray. And Father God, We thank you, Lord, for 2022. We thank you for this church and all the good things that you provided for this church. And as we look ahead into this year and beyond, uh, we pray for your wisdom. We pray for your protection and provision upon this place. We pray that everything we do within this church, in our community and around the world as we support various missions, that, Lord, we are centred on you. Help us to trust and obey you in all the things that go on here so that our hearts are set on fire for the renewed hope that is to come. And, Lord, we are excited by what you are going to do. Look at what you did to those Israelites, Lord, and look at how much hope, Lord, you brought them through that wonderful words, I am doing a new thing. And I'm going to make that way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.